Welcome to The One, the podcast for dating from your most vibrant and authentic self. My name is Gina Catherine, and I am a confidence coach for love and sex. We know that we need to love ourselves, but nobody explains to us how to actually do this. This podcast has advice and practices on how to do just that. My mission is to help women deeply connect to their bodies, hearts, and minds. When we know, accept, and love ourselves, we draw in amazing partners and incredible experiences. I offer these words from the perspective of a usually straight, cisgendered, divorced, middle-aged white woman. It is my heartfelt hope, though, that there are nuggets for anyone to use in their sex, love, and relationships. In this podcast, I will invite you to let go of the piece of you that hopes for love but is skeptical and ask you to believe and take action in dating from a place of deep self-worth. The one exists and they are you. With that, let's dive deep into this week's episode of The One. The One Podcast is really about loving yourself, viewing yourself as whole and perfect right now, today. The reason that the podcast is a dating podcast and not a self-love podcast is that I believe our greatest long-term container for self-love is in connection to others. I just, I feel like the magic of love is a gift to ourselves. And this doesn't mean jump into a relationship to help you get yourself sorted. You can spend as much time on your own without dating as you feel is right. But this podcast encourages you to get curious about old patterns. And the podcast is asking what you might do differently starting right now. How can you pour love into yourself so that your equal is knowable to you? Paul Pearsall wrote in his book, Sexual Healing, the objective of two lovers is almost always the same, to find meaning in their individual lives and in their life together. I love this quote because it frames the objective as both. You can love yourself and love others. And this also means that you can start dating before you have found that meaning. But keep in mind that you're looking for an equal. You're seeking an equal. Pay really close attention to anyone you date and ask yourself, is this person my equal? And by equal, I don't mean in your league, which is such an odd term that we all use. She's out of my league. It just turns romance into a sport and we all get put on these teams and leagues. Instead, I'm inviting you to think of equal as two people who adore and commit to appreciate, respect, and understand the other. And they do this from a very well-developed sense of self. Relationships will thrive in support, in trust, and honoring both your individual selves and the relationship. When feelings arise, they have to be accepted and welcomed equally. One person's really not allowed to say, I don't do emotions. You'll need to feel that your partner wants to understand your emotions as much as you want to understand theirs. If you're a person who's cultivated the skill of understanding your own feelings and the skill of communicating with good languaging, then it's important that you choose someone who has done that same kind of work. And so looks, money, status, none of these things are in the equality equation here. Your partner may make a lot more money than you do, but do you have an equal voice in making decisions and plans? Does one partner always seem to initiate sex? Is one a giver and the other a taker? 
The problem with any of these are when you're not equal, fear runs rampant. When someone feels subordinate or dependent, they start to fear being abandoned. To not get left, the subordinate one walks on eggshells, holds back, starts to focus on the dominant person's needs, and they stop having and enforcing their own boundaries. You also notice the subordinate one often gets snarky with words or careless with actions by forgetting promises. And this can be because the one who feels subordinate really feels quite angry. And it may not be anything that the perceived dominant person is doing. It's just not a good match. It's not an equal match. And on the other side, people who are in the dominant position may fear that they're only truly loved for their wealth or their looks or their status or for leading in the relationship and that no true equal would be with them. And the dominant person may be dominant on the growth path. Like the other one looks to them for guidance around inner work and relationships. Like the subordinate uses the dominant one as a personal guru or a teacher or a coach. And personal growth happens in cycles. And if one is more supportive in a particular phase of the other's life, that doesn't mean that they're not equals. The unequal bit comes in when there's an emotional need and one partner is always the go-to guide. To attract an equal allows you to thrive in that you feel safe to be aware of your own behavior. I watched a really cutesy movie recently called How Do You Know? And the Reese Witherspoon character threw like a little bit of a wobbly or a tantrum and stormed out of Owen Wilson's apartment. And she comes back, she stops at the door and comes back and sits down with him and confesses that she was making her anger about him when really she needed to look at a problem in her own life that she had been avoiding. If she had felt superior to him, she really never would have reflected on her own stuff. And this happens to be a little bit of a bad example because in the movie, her true equal is Paul Rudd's character because of each of their willingness to prioritize the other. But it works here because at that early point in the movie, the Reese character and the Wilson character were perceiving themselves as equals. If the subordinate partner is constantly acquiescing, the dominant will never challenge themselves to look at their part equally because they just settle into their superior place. It's comfortable like that. And then on the comfort note, unequal romances are dull. These are the people who settle. Inequality very often reflects an unmet need for safety and security. So one or both of you choose to stay in well-defined roles and you don't expand your personal limits. In other words, there's very little personal growth in unequal partnerships. They just tend to be routine and superficial. People who are attracted to their equal know what it feels like to have self-power and they feel comfortable with it. They know how to experience want and desire and they've learned how to ask for what they want and desire. They're not stagnant and resentful. When you feel an imbalance or an inequality, you tend to sit on your wants and needs. In an equal partnership, you may not always get what you want, but you don't feel a need to deny the request because of inequality. Which brings me to equality in sex. Equality keeps desire vibrantly alive. You want to dampen your passion for your partner? Start to parent them. When you protect or try to change or fix your partner, passion dies. It's the same if you're always acting childlike or looking for approval or permission from your lover. Sex in equal partnership creates the feeling, I don't know where you begin and where I end. 
And this merging, this unity doesn't happen without the honesty and trust that having an equal partner allows. When you're equals, this also doesn't mean everyone does like a fair share in every single area of the relationship. Like it's not 50-50. One may be super creative in planning dates and the other one might, I don't know, make beautiful opportunities to communicate. Communication is worth mentioning. So communication is key in relationships. Most of us know this. And communication should also reflect the equality in the relationship. If you have a relationship where you start a conversation and one person sort of listens and then proceeds to fix it, you're not in an equal relationship. And then if you bring up that fixing and they say, what? You said you were unhappy with tacos, so I threw out all the taco stuff. As if they did you a favor by throwing out perfectly good food. This is totally unrealistic because everyone loves tacos, but you get the point. The equality extends through feelings, communication, actions, and ideas for resolution. You're allies. You open to one another. And you do this to grow and bond and create this loving magic together. One thing I've really noticed on the journey to find an equal partner in love is that first we're unconscious of what is driving us to match up with people who are not our equal. And then we wake up to the pattern. And then we notice that we're still doing it. And we think we can never course correct. But the noticing that you're still doing it is the beginning of course correction. It's an important step in choosing your true equal. Please do not judge yourself for recognizing that you're repeating. You need to celebrate yourself here. You're starting something new. You're beginning the journey to seeking out an equal, to feeling comfortable with an equal. Just say to yourself, hey, this is something I never noticed I did before, and now I'm noticing it. And then you double down on your commitment to spend time with only people who are of equal energy as you are. And all the stuff I already said is really a good indicator of whether you are living in equality, but you can also really check in with your body. When you interact with this person, does it feel like you're always pushing or always pulling? Does your romantic interest say to you, I've never met anyone like you? If they do, ask them to say in what way do they mean that. If they're celebrating your uniqueness, this is wonderful. If they list traits in you that sound as if this will be a pretty steep learning curve for them, that's a yellow flag for you to really feel into. If the person you're interested in does not feel like an equal, just know that no amount of convincing yourself that they have the traits will work. So let's say you want someone who takes charge. And you say they're so great, they're really in their own power, they know how to command and take charge. But then they act in ways that prove the opposite, that they're not in their power. Maybe they avoid conflict or they project their own anger onto you. Maybe they just don't keep commitments and they're not trustworthy. Instead of going forward in this relationship head down and insisting to yourself and anyone who will listen that your chosen love is the perfect example of a person who's at the helm of their life, peel yourself away from the situation and just observe the actions. Do the actions line up with someone who is your equal? Would staying with this person create an imbalance? 
in the relationship and in your energy? Do you want to be in an imbalanced relationship? There's no right or wrong answer. There's just the answer that feels true to you. Lastly, it may seem that the more work you do, the fewer potential partners there are in the world. And I think this perception is just that. It's only a perceived scarcity of equals. There are so many beautiful, kind, adventurous, tender, loyal, talented, generous, strong, funny, and lovable humans on this planet. You are one of them. Heartfelt thank you for listening. I am honored every time you choose the one. Loving yourself does not require perfection. Big, juicy love requires us to get curious, to offer ourselves what we are searching for in others, and know that from this place of love and power, you magnetize amazing connections. Please do all the actions to keep the one podcast rolling. Share with others who may need to hear this episode. Like, download, sleep with me under your pillow. Click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to my monthly newsletter. And then listen every Monday and Thursday to get ever closer to the love that you so deeply deserve. You can also follow me on Instagram where I have tons of fun content to inspire you to be the one. You are loved by me. <laughs>